Hello, this is Jeff Patterson, the senior pastor of Wesley Memorial Church in High Point, North Carolina. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast. It's great to stay connected. I'm excited about the new sermon series uh, that is beginning in the month of August. It is a study of the book of Habakkuk, a great Old Testament prophet. The title of the sermon series is When God Doesn't because the prophet asked God some really tough questions in the book. And we're going to study that book together and learn how to uh, worship and love and serve God in the midst of very confusing times. So thank you for joining us. This morning we are continuing in our series from the Old Testament prophecy of Habakkuk. Habakkuk questioned God asking God why bad things happen to good people, why the wicked seem to prosper while the righteous suffer. God responded to Habakkuk and said to Habakkuk that this will not be the way it will be forever. And God said to Habakkuk that he would chasten the wicked there in the land of Judah, but that he would use the Babylonians to chasten the wicked there in the land of Judah, that foreign empire. That was not the answer that Habakkuk was hoping for. Habakkuk couldn't understand why God would use a more wicked people to chasten the wicked people of Judah. But he accepted it. He accepted it. He accepted the mystery behind it. And then we're going to be looking today in chapter 3 of Habakkuk, the concluding climactic chapter of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk at the beginning of chapter 3 in verse 2 asked God one more question, saying, O Lord, I have heard of your renown. I stand in awe, O Lord, of your work. In our own time, revive it. In our own time, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And then Habakkuk goes on to describe the mighty deeds of God from history. And then we get to our text for the morning, the concluding verses of Habakkuk chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. Habakkuk says, I hear and I tremble within, my lips quiver at the sound. Decay enters into my bones, and my steps tremble beneath me. I wait quietly for the day of calamity to come upon the people who attack us. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. The great contemporary New Testament scholar has described our days well. N.T. Wright in his book entitled God and the Pandemic 
says this, in a time of acute crisis, when death sneaks into houses and shops, when you may feel healthy yourself, but you may be carrying the virus without knowing it, when every stranger on the street is a threat, when we go around in masks, when the churches are shut and people are dying with nobody to pray by their bedsides, this, this is a time of lament. For admitting we don't have easy answers, for refusing to use the crisis as a loudspeaker for what we've been wanting to say in any case, for weeping at the tomb of our friends. I think that N.T. Wright describes these present days well. I have preached from the book of Habakkuk frequently throughout my ministry, but the book of Habakkuk has spoken to me in remarkable ways in these recent weeks. I hope that the prophet Habakkuk has spoken to you. Habakkuk lived in a time that was far worse, far more devastating than our age. And he struggled with what was going on in his day. He lamented what was going on in his day. But he still was able to work his way to trust and faith. In the text for this morning, we see that Habakkuk was able to look beyond the coming devastation. You heard what he said. He said, I hear and I tremble within. My lips quiver at the sound. Decay enters into my bones and my steps tremble beneath me. I wait quietly for the day of calamity, Habakkuk says, to come upon the people who attack us. So Habakkuk looks beyond the devastation that is to come at the hands of the Babylonian people. He looks beyond the devastation and he sees a time when calamity would come upon those people, the Babylonians, who would attack the Judeans. Habakkuk was able to see that there would come a day when God would set everything to right. We know a lot about God because of Revelation, because of Scripture. We know a lot about the character of God, but we don't know everything about God. There is much about God that we don't understand. That's where Habakkuk was. Why, oh, why God would you use these more wicked people, the Babylonians, to chastise the wicked there in Judah? He knew, though, that at some point on the other side of the devastation that the Judeans would experience, there would be a time when God's justice would rule. There's mystery to God. Evelyn Underhill, or as they say in England, Evelyn Underhill, one time said, if God were small enough to be understood, he wouldn't be big enough to be worshipped. There is mystery to the workings of our God. We know a lot about God because of Revelation. We know all that we need to know about God, but there's still mystery in God. And sometimes we have to look beyond that which we don't understand and claim that which we do understand. That's where we find Habakkuk here at the beginning of this text. And then you see 
that Habakkuk claims that as he waits quietly for calamity eventually to fall on the enemies of God's people, that in the meantime, in the suffering time, in the times of trial, he, Habakkuk, would choose joy. I believe verses 17 and 18 of chapter 3 of Habakkuk are some of the greatest verses we have in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. These verses have been a standard for me throughout my pastoral ministry. I've seen more people suffer than I can ever remember. And these verses display to us the song of Habakkuk, where Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree does not blossom, and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet, yet, Habakkuk says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. Here Habakkuk is using agricultural images Images that were understood in the 6th century before Christ there in Judah to describe the devastation that would come at the hands of the Babylonians. When I hear this song of Habakkuk where he says, though the fig trees do not blossom and everything else is devastated and he still yet chooses joy, I'm mindful that perhaps these agricultural images don't speak deeply to us moderns who perhaps know very little about agriculture. So if I were to take this text and translate this text for moderns, going not word for word, but going thought for thought, perhaps today Habakkuk would say something like this, though the stock market should plummet and we lose all of our investments, though unemployment skyrockets, and whole industries vanish, though a pandemic rage and a vaccine is slow to come, yet I, yet we, will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my deliverance. Here Habakkuk is saying, regardless of what may come, he will choose joy. Regardless of the circumstances of life, he will hold on to what he knows about the character of God. And he will choose joy. The Hebrew word that's used here in verse 18 for joy actually means a joy that will cause us to dance or to spin around. When I read that verse, I think of one of the great bishops in the United Methodist Church, Bishop James Swanson, who is presently serving the annual conference in Mississippi, a great, great bishop, a great, great preacher, a great, great Christian and human being. And I've had the privilege of actually taking a cruise with Bishop Swanson. I've had the privilege of listening to Bishop Swanson preach uh, several times. And Bishop Swanson, when he preaches and he gets grabbed by the Spirit. Oftentimes he will roam the aisles of the church preaching, and he will actually spin and dance as he preaches. That might shock you to know that there's a Methodist bishop that does that, but Bishop Swanson does that. 
He exhibits this joy of which Habakkuk speaks, a joy that can cause us to dance, spin around, even in the midst of calamity, a joy that is an inner serenity, an inner peace, but that can go beyond that and bubble out into the physical world around us, a joy that causes us to dance. You see, friends, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not happiness, which is a good thing, but happiness is dependent upon the happenings in our lives. They are dependent upon the circumstances, and that's why it's perhaps even impossible to find happiness in the midst of calamity, the calamity that Habakkuk was facing. But we always have the option of joy because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians 5.22. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's something that the Spirit of God within us can create, can produce. It's dependent not upon the circumstances, but dependent upon the character of God. And that's why, as Habakkuk says, we can rejoice, we can joy in the Lord our God, our Deliverer, our Redeemer, our Rock, our Refuge. And that's always an option for those who know this God. This text also reminds us that Habakkuk knew the source of his strength. Did you hear how this text ended? After Habakkuk sings his song, he then concludes by saying, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. Habakkuk needed strength to face what he was facing, but Habakkuk knew the source of his strength. He knew the God from whence that strength would come. You see, oftentimes, God does not remove the storm from our lives, but God enters into the storm with us and gives us strength. You hear in Habakkuk that this strength that Habakkuk sings about makes his feet like the feet of a deer and makes him tread upon the heights. He's talking about a sure-footed confidence in the face of great, great trial because of who God is. I believe here that Habakkuk is talking about the deers that he see, sees running about in the land of Judah. I've actually been in Engedi in the southern part of Judah, and I've seen these deers run and hop and leap on the mountainsides there in the desolation of that region. And I think that's the image that Habakkuk has in his mind when he says, God, the Lord my, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon heights. Friends, do you need some strength today? Do you need some strength to hold on, endure, and keep going on? I hope that you know the true source of true strength. I hope you don't only know about this God, but you know this God. And you have a relationship with this God that is intimate enough that you can taste and see that God is good. You can receive the strength that this God brings to you. 
So we find ourselves here at the end of the book of Habakkuk. It's been for me and I hope for you a great journey. Here at the end of the book of Habakkuk, we, we see that first Habakkuk questioned God, lamented at God, expressed anger toward God because of the depth of Habakkuk's relationship with God. But then Habakkuk was able to move beyond that and choose to trust God and find joy. The book of Habakkuk teaches us that there is no place so devastating that God's presence cannot penetrate in a powerful and life-giving way. That's what I wish for you, my friends. You notice here at the end of the book of Habakkuk, after you read the text that I read a few moments ago, following verse 19, the final verse of Habakkuk, there's an instruction. It's an instruction to the choir master there in the temple. The instruction simply says, to the leader with stringed instruments. You see... Habakkuk, particularly chapter 3, is meant not just to be read or recited. It's meant to be sung. Friends, we are those people because of our faith in God, because of a relationship with our God that can sing songs of praise even in the darkest of times. Friends, may I pray with you. Oh God, for the gift of this shared time, we give you thanks. I pray, God, for anyone that is perhaps listening this morning that doesn't have that relationship with you that is available to all of us through Jesus Christ. We thank you for the ways that Jesus Christ reveals you to us. We thank you for the ways that in Jesus Christ we hear your voice. In Jesus Christ, we find forgiveness, we find freedom, and in Jesus Christ, we are ushered into your presence. Fill us with your spirit, God, so that our strength can be greatly renewed, so that our feet can be like the feet of a deer and tread upon the heights of life. In the powerful, saving, redeeming name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
But as we leave this time of worship, you and I can go and sing a new song into the world, the song of Jesus, the song of the resurrection, amen, the song of the forgiveness of sins, the songs of the peace of Prince of Peace who wants to come and live within people's hearts and change their lives. We can sing that song. When we lift up the name of Jesus above your own life, you will find your life. So let's go and be real and authentic to the world and say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I know that Jesus is real and that he is good and that he will come again. And until that day, we will mourn, but we will also dance and we will sing a new song. A new creation is coming, my friends, and you and I get to take part in that. So go in the power of the Holy Spirit and be the hands and feet of Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.